Hello and welcome to Myths and Legends of Merry Old England. In the previous podcast we talked about Tubbury Castle and some of the experiences that we had up there. And I thought I'd go back to the castle that I spent many years there, from 1995 until 2006. It was a great time and we had some rather interesting experiences. One of my favourite stories is about the drummer boy. He drums his warning for all to hear. Some people have, and still do, claim to hear him. Now if you hear him, it's supposed to be good fortune. Good fortune for us, indeed, but not so much good fortune for the drummer boy, who was shot with an arrow and killed, for he'd seen an approaching skirmish, and they decided to silence him before he could warn them. A sad tale for a small drummer boy. Now if we go back a little further to the Queen's Field. The Queen's Field is actually a tournament field. Now in today's kids use a Xbox or a PlayStation or some other PC or games console to play away with the time. However, in the medieval period there were no such things. And so many people would come to watch the knights fight on foot or joust the great occasions of splendour and pageantry. However, some of the ghosts there, at various points in the castle's life, it's been an open sight. And I remember talking to a young lady who used to take a dog for a walk in the 60s up to the castle. At that point anybody could visit it and she decided to walk up there with her dog. Now the dog was a little Staffordshire Bull Terrier and refused to back away from anything. It would play, it would get into trouble and used to run off and get into all sorts of mischief. I remember her telling me that for I have a Staffy myself. And yes, they do get into a lot of mischief. However, this one day, as they were walking up through the gate, the dog froze. Tail planted firmly between its legs, it started letting out a low, menacing growl. Looking up to where the North Tower now stands, there was a dog, a black dog, that is said to be up to the shoulders of a normal man. Now if you see it, it means that one of your family may die or somebody connected with the family of the castle may die. It's not been seen for many years and it's one of those that I hope that you never see. If you've been to Tutbury Castle, you know the Great Hall. Well, many years ago, back in 1995, that whole area was closed off to the public and through the door that's now where the King's Bedchamber is, was actually a room for the custodian of the time's youngest daughter. He was working within the Great Hall, doing something on the walls to where the beams are, and he heard the door go, his daughter's bedroom, and then steps go downstairs. Five minutes later, they came back upstairs, and the door opened and closed again. Deciding it was time for a well-deserved pot of tea, he wandered downstairs and into the kitchen to find his daughter chatting with his wife. So who had he heard going up the stairs and into the king's bedchamber, or in this case, her bedroom? 
She tells a story that when she was just a girl of 14, she was sitting within her bed, ready to go to sleep, when all of a sudden, the room got very, very cold. And so she snuggled down and tried to ignore it and get to sleep. However, sleep that night would not come to her. And so she pulled the covers over her head. A few minutes later, footsteps entered her room, slowly walking towards her bed and something sat on the end of her bed. A few minutes later, it rose. She was petrified, not knowing what it was. And then she heard a stereo. The lid on the record deck rose and fell, then rose and fell as it was violently thrown across the room. And then nothing. Silence. Turning on the light, she saw the wreckage of her hi-fi and made her way downstairs rather hurriedly to her mum and dad's bedroom. She told him of the experience she'd had and after that night she never stayed in that bedroom again. Even now, many, many years later, she doesn't like entering what is now the king's bedroom and refuses to. Mind you, I can't say that I blame her. One time we were having a talk in the Great Hall, myself, Helen and Dave, who were running the ghost walks. And within there, there's a suit of armour. It is a suit of armour from the Tudor period. And we were talking about various bits and pieces and artefacts we had on display. When all of a sudden, the helmet of the armour turned to face me rather quickly. All 25 people who were in the talk saw that, including myself, Dave and Helen. We stopped the talk. We wandered over there. I lifted the helm to show there's no mechanics inside. The helm itself just rests on top of it. There should be no reason why it should turn. And yet, this helm turned to look at me. To this day, I'm still trying to figure why it did or what caused it to turn. However, the people that came to the paranormal night that evening had a night to remember. We used to meet people in the lower car park and walk them into the castle itself, tell them of various stories of Sir John of Gaunt's gateway, and then over to the Undercroft. Now in the Undercroft, we had a bright blue sheet that we could have written Ghost is behind here. That's where our jumper, Dave, used to hide in his full knight's costume. Now, I'd say the keyword, and he'd explode out the room and up the stairs, through the panicked crowd, and out to the next stage and the next jump scare. However, on this time, I said the word and a face pushed itself into the blue cloth and then fell all the way to the floor. But no Dave turned up. No Dave ran out. I went to the second point and there he was, ready for his jump, and afterwards I asked him, why didn't you jump out? And he said, uh, I had a real feeling that something didn't want me there. And that something 
convinced him to leave. And one final story before we go. In 2003, we did the world's biggest ghost hunt. It was uh, it was by Most Haunted, and I think you can still catch it. And we had fun that night. I was in the Undercroft telling story after story. And during the evening, my shoulder got incredibly sore. And to this day, I've never felt anything like it. We eventually finished and wrapped up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I made our way home and literally fell asleep. The next morning, I asked my wife to have a look at my shoulder. And on it was a large handprint that was literally bruised. It stayed there for two or three days. What could have caused it? I don't know. There was nobody in front of me or behind me, so I really couldn't answer you what it could be or what it was. And so, gentle listener, that brings us to the end. And I thank you for listening. Stay safe. And if you can, sleep well.